0: Hello, this is Terry and welcome again to the Animation Industry Podcast. Once again, I have another chat with someone who's had a very industrious career in stop-motion animation. That person is Adam Taylor, and he's gonna give you an overview of the stop-motion focus studios in the US, how to specialize and become known for a certain animation technique, and what kind of stop-motion tests you should be making at home for your portfolio. But first, here's a little bit more background on Adam. Originally, Adam started off as an illustrator, but when he discovered his love for stop-motion, he went to Falmouth University to get an MFA in it. After that, he went on to do an internship at Laika on The Missing Link, and then he was an animator on The Shivering Truth Season 1, Episode 6, and all of Season 2. And now he works as a freelance stop-motion animator for various commercial studios in the U.S. And on top of this, he's a husband and a family man. Now, without further ado, here is our chat. So hi, Adam. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Terry,
0: doing great. Doing really great. good. Okay, so I want to talk all about stop motion because you're an incredibly accomplished stop motion animator. But I'm I'm wondering before we get into your, to your story, because I always like to know like what was the thing that drove you. Um, can you just give an overview of all the stop motion studios in the U.S.? Like I've never really I know I know there's a couple lists online, but they seem to be outdated. So and I know that you're pretty familiar with them because you you've worked at a lot of them. So can you just give a rundown of uh, where the studios are at and what they're called and whatnot?
1: Yeah, I'll do my best. Um, I've mostly been focused here in Portland. Um, I grew up not far from here, so this was kind of the first stop that I decided to make. Uh, obviously, there's Leica, um, and Image Lab, and Shadow Machine, and How Special, and, and now um, a new Netflix Wendelin Wild studio. So all of those are fantastic. I love them. Um, And then LA, I haven't done quite as much. Um, Obviously, there's a stupid buddy that is insanely busy right now, which sounds really exciting, all the projects that they're doing. Um, Starburns, and Open the Portal, and Apartment D, and uh, Bigs Pigs, all these guys. And I've talked to a lot of them. I've been down and visited them a little bit. um, But I actually have kids, so moving to LA was a little bit of a harder commitment um, so we decided to stay up here and and do that. I've also actually um, traveled a bit even though I, like I said I have kids but traveling for a couple weeks is, is different than moving for a couple years. Um, so I've gotten uh, to travel to LA for a few other like little pop-up studios. Um, Social motion has been a really or mm-hmm. sorry um, story lab studio. It's been a fun one that we've worked a little bit. Um, the owner there is fantastic, uh, Jay Sardo. He's starting up some cool stuff, so I think they're somebody hopefully to look for soon. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, I've done some commercial work with some guys out of New Jersey, New York, called uh, Social Motion. So they've they're also really nice. Um, and then what well, so I? I went to Wisconsin this year. It was just a, it was a, an advertisement um, agency. They they decided to do some stop motion. Um, fantastic stuff. So anyway, there's there's more, but I haven't quite made it out east. So we'll have to see how it goes out there.
0: But okay, so in Portland, because of of Leica and whatnot, there's like a big hub of stop motion studios, right? Like, is that is that why you've kind of settled in Portland? Because there's enough, you know. I know you work on like contracts at one studio and the next studio, but there's enough to you know keep perpetually working in stop motion there?
1: Yeah, more or less. Um, it's Like, right now, everything is just flooded in. There's so many new people in town. Um, because there's three feature films going on at the same time. Yeah, that's um, insane. So that's super exciting. And I don't know if that's ever happened before in stop motion. So we're kind of in this, like, this weird thing where everybody's busy for a minute. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. and then so, there's still some commercial and tv stuff going on
0: yeah so with your kids are you going to get them into stop motion too or are you going to steer them away
1: my my son told me this week i'm going to be an animator like you oh my god uh, he's four so he also <laughs> wants to be a ninja warrior that's like oh my his
0: goodness. so ninja warrior or animator could go either way
1: He's gonna be the animator ninja. That's
0: that's his. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, so uh, another thing I want to talk about today is kind of the specific uh, like type of stop motion animation that you specialize in. But let's let's get into why why stop motion for you. Like it's it's really niche. I personally love it. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, it may not seem niche because I have so many stop motion animators on it, but it is really niche. And so, why did you choose to pursue stop motion?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I was actually trying to be a children's book illustrator, and I did an okay job at it for about five years. Um, that's what I studied in school and thought that's where I was going. Um, but in the back of my mind, I'd always been like more interested in animation, and when I tried to like write a children's book or illustrate, I, I always had this thing where I wanted the characters to move. and <laughs> I would reference things like um, The Misadventures of Flapjack or, like, Chowder or, like, all these cartoons that I was loving at the time. Like, I was more int- So, anyway, I thought I was doing one thing while well. I think it was leading me another way. Mm. Uh, in fact, my senior project, I, I proposed it as, like, this intense, like, multi-book flip book that you use because I thought I was going to animate then, but... Um, they didn't actually have animation at the school I went to. Uh, it was a little school in Idaho, so no surprise there, really. But, uh, yeah, so I went and was a children's book animator, or illustrator, <laughs> and almost animator. Um, and then I decided I needed to go back to school, um, mostly because I wanted to know more about, like, creating your own content and your own voice as an illustrator. And... Oddly enough, my voice as an illustrator is a stop-motion animator. (laughs) So, yeah, I um, quickly in the program, I I started fiddling around with animation. Uh, I think after, like, two or three weeks of learning how to do... I'm talking really basic stuff, like how to peel an orange in front of a camera and stuff like that, I decided to do a film. Um, And so I... I went down to the wood shop, built sets, um, got some wire and built some puppets. And my awesome wife did the clothes cause I didn't really think I could sew that well at the time. And, uh, so we jumped in and within two months I'd made my first stop motion film. <laughs> and <That's> like, <laughs> was 100% hooked after that. So, uh, I continued school, did stop motion there. And, uh, the rest, you know, I've just, I've been hooked. I've, I've like barely drawn, I've barely illustrated since it just totally changed.
0: weren't you weren't you living in the UK at that at that time?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We went to the UK for for school, uh, Falmouth, uh, Falmouth University. Yeah, and uh, which is a great school. It also happens to be on like a couple blocks from the beach, um, which you don't think of beaches in England. But, oh, my gosh, beautiful place, like really nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Those like, 10 days of sun are the best 10 days ever. <laughs>
0: 10 days of sun. So, okay, so you were, you were uh, doing children's book illustration for five years, uh, thinking about it as animation, then decided to go to school to do some animation. How did you end up, you know, from the U.K., in school and then somehow you're working in like the top studios in the States right now, like as a expert stop-motion animator, like there's a gap in between there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no gap. That just happened. No. Um, yeah. So I kept making a lot of films at school. Um, I basically, like I said, like once I started, I decided like, okay, I, I love this more than I thought I was going to. Um, and so I just kept making films. Like as soon as I stopped the one, I locked myself in the studio and like for t- weeks would just do practices. And then as soon as something would come up, I, uh, I, did, a, I did a competition. Mm. Um, and uh, it was a really funny little thing. It was for an eyeglasses company, like a lens thing. And so they're like, uh, make a story that shows us how you'll combat the evils of eye, you know, eye fatigue. <laughs> and so I was like, oh my gosh, um, this sounds actually really fun. And so actually I actually have the puppets. I'll, I'll hold it, it up. It was,
0: the so, evils of eye fatigue. Oh my goodness. The
1: evils of eye fatigue. So I made these, it's uh. Uh, I made these little ninjas, call them eye ninjas. And, um, they're super simple, so I put a styrofoam ball, some I glued some wire in there, and crumpled up a piece of paper on around them to make their little ninja
0: suits. Well, now I know why your son wants to be a, a ninja slash animator. He's, oh. he's been seeing these his whole life.
1: <laughs> exactly. So anyway, long story short of that, I, I actually won the competition, nice. uh, so it had some money attached, which allowed me to make the next couple of films and get my gear and all of that. So that helped. Um, so I made that. And my goal at the time since I was in the UK was, uh, you know, Landed Aardman because I love their animation. It's it's like this perfect blend of cartoony but also um, realistic, lifelike animation. So I just really like their style. So I was shooting for that and decided to make a cartoon um, myself. The Hair Hungry Heaver was the name of it. It's like a bunch of lumberjacks out in the woods and they cut down the, the biggest tree. And then the, there's like this beast that shaves off all their beards for, you know, to pay them back. And uh, yeah, it's it's like it's the
0: hairiest gore film like ever made. But um, yeah. I, well, I've seen it. I love it. It's also very stylized and like it's done in a way that's really cute and creative with like some flat some flat surfaces and stuff. Like it's really cool.
1: Thanks. Yeah, that uh, it, it reflects my like what I love as a filmmaker and as an illustrator is is bridging the gap between 2D and 3D. So whenever there's a project like that, I just love that stuff. Um, nice. It really tickles my brain the right way. Um, but yeah. Uh, so how to get from England to here is how. Um, basically, my visa ran out, so it was time to come home. And, were, you uh, I didn't,
0: were you in the process of, of, like, going through the interviews at Ardman or anything or, like, getting in contact with them?
1: Um, as a student, I was, you know, like, um, Ardman came out to the, the school and, and met us, like, so got to meet the, you know, animation supervisor and even the owners of the company. So that was a Hi. super exciting day, like, Peter Lord and Dave Froxton were yeah. out there <laughs> we posed with my puppets and stuff. Um It's, yeah, it's really, like, Morph has a mustache on in this picture. I'll have to to show that sometime. Um, But, yeah, so they they were out there. But as a student, it's really hard to be hired internationally. Mm. Um, You know, like, here, I have no experience to speak of. Would you uh, prove to your government that I'm worthwhile? And that's a hard sell. So, and I understood that. Um, It was, like, the dream and then like oh yeah reality <laughs> so, uh, yeah we we came back um i got i chose portland because of all the studios and we were living here before we went to the uk um without knowing stop motion existed in the- <laughs> <laughs> what i don't know just, I had happens,
0: no- just happens to go to where the, like the biggest hub of stop motion in the world. <laughs> <laughs>
1: life's funny like that like I just didn't know where I was. (laughs) We actually were when I was illustrating children's books we were living about three miles from like a while they were making um Paranorman so I just didn't know (laughs) but I guess it was like in the air because I was addicted but yeah.
0: um, So you move you moved to Portland and then you just started uh, like putting your name out there to all the studios being like hey I'm a new animator trained in the Ardman style in the UK.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I threw out as much as I could. Um, stuff like that was fun to say, which is only semi true, you know, like there were some Ardman teachers. And so that was, it was, but I love saying that. And then, yeah, I, I just tried to meet as many people as I could here in town. Um, one of my friends in the UK, he, who, uh, helped me with my film. Um, yeah. And when I say friend, like I was ten years older than all the students and ten years younger than all the teachers, so I was like, friends with the teachers as much as the students. Um, but yeah, I'm so it was same spot right friend. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know how it is. Um, so my my friend, he he was like, hey, I know some animators out there, so he helped me connect with some people. Um, and always, if you can go through a contact, that's just so yeah. much. It's it just feels better, you know. Than, than I am like. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's just
0: like you're a nameless, faceless person with like an email with like something attached to it. So, so what was that first job that you ended up getting?
1: My very first job here in town. Gosh, you know, it all happened kind of the same time. I went quite a while without any jobs, to be honest. It did take. Uh, it took about six months before anything okay. started happening. Um, so we went through a lot of savings and we went through a lot of like, okay, but I just kept pounding away. Like I set up a little studio in my garage and kept going. Um, so my, my first job here in town happened. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm trying to remember if, um, I think actually like my Leica internship was my first job in town. <laughs>
0: Does that count as a job? Uh, they did pay. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, that's that's a job. Yeah. Well, I know I know you've trained at Leica and your stuff. Like, do you think that was pivotal in in your education in stop motion?
1: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, absolutely. I I kind of treated that year after I came back from my my master's degree um, as like my fourth year, and so like that's why I didn't I didn't work as much as I probably could have that year I just sat and like I animated every day and used it as like that fourth year of like all right this is the the big push luckily my Leica internship um, landed in that that year and yeah that changed the way I looked at things a lot Um, you can like I learned how little you have to move a puppet (laughs) you know like when you're doing cartoon stuff on on doubles it's just big fun giant posy stuff and when you're doing something subtle like they do it's hairs you know so yeah
0: Yeah. so what okay so i know a lot of people and including myself would love to do the internship at Leco. what is what is something that you think that they really saw in your demo reel or portfolio or who you were that they were like, we need this guy to come and do this? Uh,
1: um, I, I think it's about acting, honestly. Um, I It's online. Everyone can see it. Uh, I posted what I did, but um, I built these two characters. I built it around one scene. I wanted some character like some acting interaction, and um, I started shooting some reference of myself, um, so I'm both the male character and the girl character, and and they almost like he thinks they're gonna kiss, and so he reaches in, <laughs> and snubs him. So that was fun to play both parts, um, <laughs> and like yeah, I think I I think that's online too of like my reference of myself almost kissing myself
0: that was fun Um, I remember remember seeing that back in the day because I used to like scour YouTube for any stop motion I could possibly find and I remember seeing it and it just like stood out so much from everything else that was out there because it was it wasn't produced like as a professional production from a studio but it wasn't like this amateur thing so I was like super confused when I saw I was like is this for a production is this like is this, like, the testing stages for a movie that's coming out or a TV show? Like, what is this? Because it was so well done. And, like, the characters look so great.
1: <laughs> thanks a bunch. Yeah, yeah. I learned so much on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was it was produced with Ikea lights in my
0: garage. Well, it looks amazing. And you stopped. even made like, a little set and everything. Okay.
1: Yeah. So. But that's where I learned it. And that's that was the stuff that, like, I think they saw, too, where it was... You know, I did walks and I did character stuff and I did dialogue where I actually had hand sculpted replacement faces and I just tried to make it look as close as I could to, you know, something they would do. But obviously, on like, so your, on your
0: intention with that was specifically to get into the Leka internship. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. So, so you were like, "This is what I want," and then that makes sense, and that's smart. And then you like made something specifically to show them. That makes sense. So, yeah. so after the internship, did you just get picked up right away?
1: Um. Yeah. Uh, luckily, um, I started talking to studios. Actually, they, I think they I sent out that um, that piece to a bunch of studios. So while I was. Doing the internship, I was also talking to a lot of people about coming and animating with them after it. Nice. Um, the timing, timing is one of the hard things, both as an animator and in animation. <laughs> like, while I was doing the internship was when a lot of these jobs were going to hire. And so I was like, no, I'm going to do this. I, I need the education. That, for me, was, was important. Um, so, yeah, I, I went and started talking to some people down in L.A., um, and got to test at Fix, which was huge. I think in a day, I learned more about TV animation than, like, I ever have since. Like, it was a, it was a great day. So um, testing with them was fantastic. I mean, I guess animating on a TV show is also really good, but that day of testing, it taught me a lot about, like, what you can push. So that was a good experience. And then right after, I started working with the um, commercial studios here in Portland, so my first, my first fun job or big job um, in with one of the studios was uh, with director Rob Shaw, which he's a great guy. We still talk and work together. Um, but he did this beautiful felted animation. It's a, it's it's all felted, and it was for Christmas, and it's for the dairy farmers of Canada. And my gosh, it is still one of the cutest things I've ever got to animate. So it's like felted Santa Claus, like softly comes along, you know, and and there's the cutest little reindeer. Um, that just, that was my first shot. Was uh, he's just like springing up in front of the camera and this big camera move and the whole thing. And I was like, okay, I hope I can do this. Like. Um, But it was was a blast. And I'd never done felting before, so I learned how to, like, change facial expressions and even make them blush and swallow and do all kinds of things, like, on stage. Um, They're, like, just take this felt and stab it to the puppet. And when you're done, like, pull it off and do a new stab. (laughs) And it was like, what?
0: (laughs) But, yeah, it was really great. Um, that's something that i want to learn too i'm i'm super i want i think i my next like personal short film i want to do with felt because i just love how it looks and it looks yeah. really fun um so what is your life like now that you uh you know you've been around the block a little bit you've animated on some really cool things you you know you just got picked up for an animation role on a netflix show so how is it going what's your life like
1: <laughs> i'm really enjoying life at the minute i'll be honest yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, last year was turbulent, I moved three times last year for work, um, and so I guess the first time we were living somewhere, second time there was a project out, um, in a different, different area, and then moved back, moved to Portland, so that was crazy, now I'm really feeling good of, like, I get to sit still, I get to do some stuff, um, but right now I'm, I'm just in the studio, and, um, I just started recently on Henry Selick's film uh, Wendell and Wild*, so yeah. extremely excited. I, I know all of us. I'll just all of us would love to work with Henry Selick and animate on that stuff. So I'm like, for all of us, I'll give you know like, because <laughs> <little laughs> <training. laughs> I do. I feel really lucky, and uh, I'm an I'm an assistant animator, so. Um, my job right now is to test things mostly,
2: mm.
1: uh, which is, is some, it's like a position that's not really talked about. We all think, oh, I'm going to be an animator and I'm going to get in front and do those hero shots of, you know, Jack Skellington walking through the gardens and the graveyards and stuff. And it's like, eh, that's, that's like the best guy. Um, so what I'm doing is testing things, uh, making sure they work, you know, um, clothing or effects or weird ideas they have and so that's actually a lot of fun and has it feels like a cross between working with really good equipment and good people and being in my garage (laughs) because like you know you just test random things and say this one worked this one didn't or I guess show them and, and they decide that
0: So so I guess the process is it's like, you know, you've got the storyboards for the final production and then you have to figure out if the puppets and the effects and the rigs can make that happen.
2: Yeah.
0: And then and then you go to the director, I'm just assuming, and say, like, here's what worked, here's what didn't work. Maybe you go back to the puppet fabrication department and you're like, we need this or that. And then after all of that, then the. the the senior animator or the animator on the show takes all that knowledge and recreates the scene.
1: Yeah, for for a lot of it, um, depending on what it is. Like, it, I mean, again, we we're just starting, but um, this it also happens that if I do a good enough job on it, maybe I earn the trust to get a little shot in the film. Yeah, But you know? uh. <laughs> kind of the the hope of it. Is like you test something and. And you go and use it. Um, but obviously, if it's like, I don't know, I'm testing, let's say, a car in the background of a shot that has all these hero characters. And it's a really important shot. They're not going to give me those hero characters. But there's a possibility that I might animate the thing in the background still.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, either, either on stage with the animator, sometimes you team up, or since we love green screens and computers I might do it on the test stage or another stage and and then they'll they'll put it in afterwards so
0: so from my experience with stop motion um to get something to look a certain way takes a lot of like knowledge of working with the puppet and doing it in a very specific way like oh I have to move it forward before I move it to the side to get it to I don't know I'm just making this up right so do you are you constantly in touch with the animator who's going to be working on those hero shots where you're like, oh, do it like this? Because I learned that if you set it up this way or do it this way, it's not going to work. Or do they just watch what you've done and try to, re- you know, learn from what you've done? You know,
1: that's a good question. I haven't gotten that far. Uh-huh. Be honest. Yeah.
0: So, so how typical is this setup for for, uh, you know, a production in like a studio like like Stupid Buddies or Leica or whatnot?
1: This is the type of stuff that happens for feature films.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: on a TV show, uh, I've just finished one myself. I was on the uh, second season of Shivering Truth. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so it's an insane show. That that type of production, TV is fast, and it's just get it done. And um, you don't test things. Like, you. they give you... Let's say, you know, here, I'll, I'll show one of my my puppets from my film. All right. so,
0: yeah.
1: all right, so oh, he's, he's so
0: the, big. Oh, my gosh. I didn't think he'd be that big.
1: He's there. So he's, he's the <laughs> tallest. Um, but this guy, let's say, all right, he needs to be shaved. And so you need to shave him. And hopefully, like, they'll hopefully have done something along those lines. But you really won't know until you're on stage. how that works they'll kind of tell you but it's mid shot that you figure it out and so i would like in this there's they're attached with magnets right so i prepped but sometimes sometimes it's a different head that you have to put on or sometimes it's literally like destroying the puppet frame by frame so i'd go in there and i cut little bits off and and we use like you know, oh, here's a here's a piece of fabric that looks like what we used. Here's some clay and anything else you need. Here's a box of supplies. <laughs> so TV is completely different than a than a
0: feature phone. Gotcha. I just have to I just have to if you're listening to this on like SoundCloud or iTunes, I do upload these to YouTube so you can take a look at what I'm showing just as a plug. <laughs> um, so okay, so you just landed this new gig, which I think is amazing. But I'm wondering uh, if you can like backtrack a little bit and just kind of give me uh, like a general: how many projects do you work on a year? Like you said, you moved three times last year. Does that mean you're working on like three contracts a year? Like what is if I if I want to become like a full time stop motion animator? What is my <laughs> you, you give that a little look? Um, what is what is my year look like how many productions am i working on how much am i moving around am i staying at the same studio like what does that look like
1: every single animator has a different answer to this
0: okay every so what's your answer
1: i i do it a little bit differently um so i'm i'm kind of trying to stay semi still mm. um so Although, you know, honestly, if Australia, Australia's got an awesome project, I'll be there, you know. But last year, last year I moved three times, which means that I've worked on at least three projects that needed me physically there. Mm. So, um, yeah, last year that was the case. Worked on project here in Portland. I was actually commuting in from, from living at the coast um, out at the beach. So I was like, I had that one. Then I had a, a studio that wanted me to come out just for a short time, um, but long enough that we decided to move instead of me just like living in a hotel, which happens. Um, so we moved down down there, and then we moved back here for this. So that's that's three projects. Um, but this summer I worked on three commercials. Um, one was in LA. Um one was in Cincinnati and one was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
2: Wow. <laughs> so
1: that, and then in between those to make things keep going because one I like to animate, so I want to keep animating. And I like to get paid and eat, so I like to keep working. Um so in between all of that I slotted in some commercials that I shot in my own garage setup. Um, which I'm always upgrading and, and making sure that it's, you know, professional level lighting and camera and lenses and all that. Um, so I do that there um, as, lo- as well as like music videos and my own projects. So I, I, the answer is you do a lot and you make things happen and you just kind of piece it together right. as you can.
0: So you're, you're constantly, uh, I guess, on the lookout for a new, a new gig, I guess. When you know that one is like coming up for the commercials. Um, are you scouting those out yourself? or Are you getting them through like connections? Like how do you end up working on something? So I guess freelance on the side when you're mostly working at studios.
1: Yeah, it, it's a combination of connections. Uh, knowing people always helps, you know, yeah. so I think half of the jobs I got this year is because I, a friend needed somebody to join them or needed to replace them or just recommended me to a person who had talked to them. Yeah. So that's that's a big thing, you know, and luckily stop motion is fairly small. So you start talking to one person and all of a sudden you like have met half of the town and you're like, oh, gosh, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> now I got work.
0: So yes. you're not you're not like constantly going through interview processes all the time. Your people are like, hey, Adam, do you want to like come over here and work on this? And you're like, sure. It's not like you have to, you know, reach out to HR and send your demo reel and stuff like that?
1: Um, not, not for a lot of the stuff I do. Um, if it's at a, it, it all depends. It all depends. But sometimes, yes. Sometimes, um, you know, knowing directors and producers helps a lot because they know what's happening. And so if they already know the quality of your work, then they're going to say, all right, this guy will be a good fit for this. Yeah. Uh, if you're if you're contacting a new studio, you're always gonna send them a new reel, and you're gonna come in with your best face and do your interview thing. And um, a lot of the times, that seems to just happen online uh, mm. or over the phone. Here in Portland, like they'll ask, you know, if they've got a big project coming up, they'll bring you into the studio and say, "Hey, we're, you know, are you interested in this?" Yeah. Um, which is so- almost. I say yes.
0: <laughs> okay. So what have been some of the highlights because you worked at it on a ton of projects what is, have been some of the highlights of uh, your career in stop motion at this point?
1: Um, I mean gosh everything's been fun it's, it's really hard you know like even the worst pro- some people I tell like these stories of some of the productions I've been on and they're just like that sounds so crazy
2: <laughs> uh,
1: but like, for instance, I, I shot, uh, you know, this is not my normal rate, but we had we had a very tight um, turnaround. And so we were shooting like 45 seconds to a minute a day. And we're, we were there. We were like there from like 9 a.m. to like 1 or 2 a.m., you know, like we were just pushing it. So but honestly, like they were so nice and it was so much fun to hang out with those people that even though we were there all day and I was exhausted and, like, I um, think my eyes were starting to fail. <laughs> but I was like, nope, we're good. The we have
0: eye fatigue.
1: <laughs> eye fatigue and wrist and hands and back and, you know, everything hurts. It's stop motion. Everything hurts. Wow. But uh, yeah. even that was a, a highlight. Um, one of the things that I've really enjoyed, though, is in between the projects i like to do my own projects so i think my favorite thing that i've animated thus far um or at least on par with it uh, is a it's a concept and and characters that i've been working on for the past couple years so you know i built the world and i invited my friends my friend um, gavin that i'd met at Leica, and we he he came and lit it and did the camera work and set us up you know and so like it was a collaboration but it was in my world and my space and i i got in there and did and it was so much fun and like honestly i loved every second of animating that um have you
0: published
1: this what's that have you published this this one's a secret still (laughs) (laughs) Come out Hopefully it'll come out before long. Um, it's actually for a, a show that I'm developing the pitch for, um, so hopefully it comes out in a big way.
0: <laughs> yes, that'd be amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, you mentioned okay, so everything hurts. I, which I understand. Do you? I'm just curious. Do you negotiate, or does it? Is it built into the contracts like health benefits, like physio or massage and stuff like that?
1: At a big studio that you're there for a long time, um, someone like Leica or Netflix, they they know that you're going to be there for a long time, and they tend to, to take care of that, so they'll offer you health benefits. Um, when you're on a job for a couple days or weeks. Yeah, like no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, you kind of just, you buy yourself, you know, a little ball in a sock and you rub it against the wall and massage your own back
0: <laughs> and you, should, you should get them to pay for that be like i need an extra five dollars for a new tennis ball <laughs> 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 and i got a socks um so one thing i want to chat about is so stop motion is already a niche but you kind of uh I, I don't know if intentionally but you've carved out a niche within stop motion for yourself with with the type of animation that you do and the type of animation that people come to you for So I wonder if we can we can talk about that because you kind of specialize in walk cycles and before when we were chatting before this you called it like subtle human acting so can you just explain what your specialty is and how you kind of develop that within this niche because what I thought sorry I'm just ranting what I thought before was you know you're you're hired on as an animator for a show and then you kind of just animate the whole scene and everything in in that right but like uh, what you told me before is you you've developed a specialty for what they bring you in for so
1: yeah, um, Every director they tend to see a little bit different in what they like about you, but Animators, I mean we've all heard this but animators are basically cast like actors And so you're brought onto a project because they've seen something that they like and mm-hmm. they want to bring that to their project and um, the acting is something that I feel like it's because I really enjoy it um it's and I developed it because I you know like the stuff I was talking about earlier getting into Leica. it was like they act like that's acting and so I just kept going into it and I feel like part of it is because um I tried to act on stage in high school, like in musicals and in in the plays and stuff. And honestly, like acting in front of people, it was fun, but it wasn't my, it wasn't like the acting experience I wanted because there are a bunch of people. And when I get excited... And when I start thinking, my words just turn off. Like, I have a very visual brain, which a lot of us um, in the creative industry do, but my words, like, literally get blocked. So I was up on stage and, like, nothing would come out sometimes, or right? I'd, like, I'd improvise and make something totally up. So acting is always something I've been interested in, but not something that I, like, felt comfortable doing in front of people, really. Um, not stage fright ways, just it was hard. And so coming into the, the studio and having this space where it's isolated and, like, no one's going to come in while I'm doing things, like, I'll act it out over and over and really try to get to feel it. Um, so, so that's, that's the, the acting side of things. But the actual type of shots that I get, I think, come from what they just, like, see when they're talking to me. Um, I tend to do a lot of things that they call like endearing or, um, sincere or, you know, like there's something in the eyes and I don't like, honestly, it, it's something that comes from you while you're animating it. You, once you pose a puppet into a way that you feel is the right thing for that moment, it's because that's how you feel about it inside. You know, so that, I think that's that's part of why I get the shots and the characters and the things that I have is because when I pose the puppet, it looks like how I would a little bit awkward, but a lot sincere. And, you know, like just has that charm. To so, it, so
0: what's an example of, uh, you know, taking something from the average this character is posing and acting it out to like pushing it and getting out those subtle like, you can tell the character's endearing. And so, like, what is something that you incorporate specifically to get that? Is it an eye movement? Is it, like, a fidget of the hand? Like, what What are some examples? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, it depends depends on the character. But it, one example that I really had fun on, um, and it'll come out later. Um, no spoilers, just, you know, just talking a little bit. But I really had fun on this this uh, segment of having two characters fall in love, you know, and it was a complete journey of the two started out not liking, not really knowing each other, not really anything. And so it was more stiff. It was more rigid. It was, you know, and then softening them over the course of two minutes (laughs) and just giving them like more more glisten in the eye, a little more flutter in the eyelashes, or, you know, eyelids, and um, soft shapes in the brows, and the the way that their body, instead of being rigid, bringing them in a little bit, having, having like I'm doing here, it's hard to explain, but, like, when, you're, when you have someone who's put off, you know, things tend to, to come out. It's a barrier, so when when you have someone who's more sincere and and open the gestures tend to come inside a little bit more and they're slower and softer um so i guess i enjoy that part of it where there's kind of less happening you you've got a pose that that you like and you come in and you stay in that and you just act it and and give some hands give some shoulders and and eyes and, and that tends to go a long way, it, you know. Yeah, I, think,
0: I think you did a good job of explaining that. I really I really understand that, and it gets me excited about, like, you know, sometimes I focus on storytelling and just, like, plot points. But, uh, you know, to really capture someone, I love to see. Like, you don't even notice that the characters are stiff. It's just, like, this subconscious thing that you kind of feel when you yeah. watch something. So I, I I love that you have, like, a progression of storytelling and just – how the characters are are being around each other i think that's great what do you do ahead of time to prepare for something like that are you are you talking with the director and they're like okay they're stiff here or is it really you're trying to diagnose these things as you read the script or see the storyboards or something
1: yeah it's it's a combination you know i love when a director has a vision for a scene and a sequence and there's they kind of walk it through and you can um, I think one of our jobs as animators is to watch them and, like, get inside their brain and just, like, watch those eyes and, s- and see what's really happening. Um, because they tell so much of what they want, but they're also visual, creative people. So sometimes the words aren't the ones that you, th- you know? So there's a lot in their body language and things. So watching them mm. tells you what they want without them you know, so it's, it's, it's watching and listening with the director. And then as far as um, preparing for me, sometimes I'll draw it, sometimes I'll act it, sometimes I'll do live reference of myself, and um, use the parts in that that I like, you know, and, and just try to find those,
0: those pieces. So. It's It sounds like a lot of prep, prep work before, because like, I'm very tempted to just jump into animation right away. That's something I learned over the summer when I was working on my my short film, The Silly Duck Wizard. I just jump into animation right away and then watch it and be like, it's missing so much. And then I redo it again and again and again. And then it, towards the end, I started actually acting it out and like prepping my scenes. And my mind was naturally like, this is going to take way too much time up front where I just want to jump into animation. But then it turned out so much better. So <laughs> yeah. I am. I'm learning to do that myself. I love that you like film. So when you film yourself, are you looking for those subtle things that you do um, when you're naturally acting this out and then try to put those into the characters?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I love to see what odd hand things we do that we don't think about. Right. The difference being like, when you have an idea in animation, you know, you always point and tap your head. But when you have an idea in real life, my hands did, this. you know, there's, like, some wrist things. There's some little finger things. Like, very rarely is someone in, um, you know, a vaudeville production and doing a silent film where <laughs> they yeah. all those stories. So, I like to see that where it's, like, that's still a story pose. That's still that strong main idea, mm-hmm. but it's not the one that i would have chosen had i been doing i don't you know say a mickey mouse cartoon from the 30s
0: (laughs) right 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 well those those movies are almost like cliche at this point like if you do like the classic like i have an idea and point your finger up and a light bulb comes up like it's everybody's seen that a billion times i think it's almost more interesting to not have that and not have the not push that in the viewer's face like you know so i i like that you you've done that do you think when, the, you know, when somebody's watching your work, how do you think they're experiencing these subtle things are, are like in the animation, in the moments? Do you think they're really sticking out to someone who's watching it or is it just something that enhances the overall performance?
1: I think I hope they're not watching it. I mean, like I want them to watch it, but I want it to be felt. Yeah. You know, when you're doing subtle things and trying for realism, you want it to be felt you know um, which don't get me wrong like this is what i do a lot of the time i love cartoons and i love to to project and stuff but and just do things that are watched but when i'm doing subtle stuff and when when that's what it is it's more of a feeling i want i i want the person to forget that they're watching animation for a minute and just feel this moment of humanity nice um, because I love those stories. You know, I tend, to, I tend to watch that in my free time is like stories of, of slice of life humanity. So if I can get a little bit of that into animation, I like that too.
0: So what is, I guess you kind of answered it and maybe you, you're doing this through the short film that you're creating. But what is the world that you want to show people with your skills?
1: <laughs> in my own time?
0: Yeah, or just or whenever you're animating, like, and you're thinking about these subtle moments, and, and you know, coming across as feelings felt. Like, what is what is the story that you're trying to tell through your your art? Wow,
1: that's a good question, Terry.
0: Um, <laughs> Welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah, man, that one. That, right now, honestly, I love having the director kind of guide that. And so mm-hmm. I love jumping into the project and figuring out what that project needs. Um, so depending, like, sometimes I do love to show that awkward character who doesn't fit into so society, and, but who's really a good person and uh, loving on the inside, but a little awkward and odd on the outside. Mostly I'm telling my story, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> because that's the story I have um and so I feel those characters that if I guess that's the answer is like a lot of times I'm animating myself and um and that's all I really can the other stuff that I animate is from like that insane library of animation over the last 35 years that I've watched nonstop because I've always watched a ton of cartoons and movies and tv it's just I've loved it um so I pull a lot of from that too. But when I'm when I get the chance to have those characters or tell a, an awkward romance story, you know, like I love those too, or a family moment, you know, I love those because that's what I live. Now, don't tell my wife that I said I.
0: Right, right. <laughs> She'll be like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> awkward what? romance? <laughs> what are you talking about?" Yeah, that's not what I mean. We're we're two artists. We're two quirky
1: people. So that's, what does your great. wife do? Um, my wife's a children's book illustrator.
0: Interesting. So. so you started off as a children's book illustrator as well, and we're like, I'm I'm not for this world anymore. <laughs>
1: She's so brilliant. She's an amazing illustrator, and uh, it's been interesting seeing both of us kind of not not diverge in life, but to to spe- uh, specify or or you know really hone in on what we do. Um, She's great. And I love to just like be her fan instead of be there and like feeling a little bit, Oh man, she drew that so much cooler than I did. Like now I have to draw something better over here.
0: Now we know the real reason you're not. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I just want to say, I love that you shared, you know, what your dream was. I think that's very genuine and and, like heartfelt and just hearing you talk about it, I was getting excited. So (laughs) I think that's great. What, so, um, you know, you, you're living the dream right now. You just got picked up for a Netflix show, which I think is amazing. Uh, like, what? It, what is the What is the next step in your career? You mentioned that you're going to be pitching a show. Like, what is... Where do you want to take this further, I guess?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'm loving being an animator. Like, and so I have two goals that I don't know if they're... I don't know which one's going to win, you know? Um, <laughs> right now, I'm pushing a little bit harder on animation. So just to be an animator working on films and tv is it's really fun i really enjoy it um but my goal as a director and as someone who has for a long time created my own characters and stories and was the whole reason i went back to school and all of this stuff um so i you know i'm gonna show them and we'll just we'll deal with it later (laughs) we'll see what happens this
0: is the first glimpse of them
1: yeah yeah, hey. I'm
0: gonna.
1: Show so I've got. I'm gonna. I'll try to show them one at a time. Here we go. So I've got these characters that I. Oh what!
0: Made. Oh my gosh! Oh my! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what is that
1: made Wait. of? Oh, uh, this is just a Sculpey maquette. You oh, know, okay. so it's a sculpture. Um, but we got another one here.
0: Oh wow! Wait, you made your own sculptures before you even made the puppets to like see what they look like.
1: Yeah, They look yeah.
0: incredible.
1: So there's one more guy. I'm gonna leave him in the box. His tail's a little right. but um, we'll we'll leave one secret. And uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon in the biggest sense.
0: Yeah, it looks. It totally looks like that style. Like that's my immediate thought of what it was. And like, well, I, I guess if you're not watching this, one of them is holding a sword. So I can already imagine what's going on there. <laughs> yeah. 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 So.
1: Like I said, I love cartoons. And so it's this odd thing where I love subtle animation. I love acting and the, the humanity side of it. But I also love squash and stretchy 1940s, 50s cartoons, 30, You know, that, that golden era of, of cartoon animation. I just yeah. love it. And oh, so that's where I want to go as a director is, is like bringing that. Um, kind of back into stop motion. We stop motion because they're puppets. They're so good at just being an object and like acting as a character. But it's it it often gets um, forgotten how much we can do animation in the classic of like we can change something from this to this so fast and so easy. A uh, few in betweens and a magic trick and and we got it.
0: So is your character like squash into like a a ball completely and then like jump up into something else?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yes. One, of, one of the shots that I loved doing, he he jumped and he went from let's say six inches. You know, he's he's about a six inch torso and head, and then I I stretched that into something that was over a foot long. <laughs> what? And. he just he jumped out to you know out across the screen more than a foot long and then he squashed into a ball and rolled along and then bounces up into something else and so I'm
0: so excited this is this is something that I also want to do because I I, like stop motion so easy to just replace with like abstract form that just represents it so I'm so excited you're doing this oh my gosh I'm so happy you talked about this thank you
1: (laughs) yeah I love it I love it like I think one of my favorites from the old generation of animated George Pal. Oh, my gosh. His animation and it, the puppet tunes, if, if people aren't familiar with those, they're just oh, yeah. gorgeous. You know, like everything is a wooden toy that's a replacement to the next frame.
0: And I can't even believe. So I've seen those and I can't even believe that he carved like I don't know how many hundreds of puppets in yeah. different positions like it's insane and it's done it's done before any software existed where you could like go back and watch to see if you even replaced the puppet properly like it's insane yeah,
1: yeah it just they're really cool.
0: cool yeah so
1: that when i when i saw that and the fleischer's cartoons and how they did their work and a few other things like yeah i just i love that stuff it, it gets me really excited on a totally different thing so
0: wow. I, I can't even wait to see this. I hope you give me like an exclusive preview. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll we'll do that later. Yes. Oh my gosh. So so what? So maybe as we're just wrapping it up here, what advice would you give someone else who uh, you know is is looking at stop motion and uh, really enjoys it and wants to pursue something uh, as a professional career in it?
1: Yeah. Um, as a career, I'd say realize how competitive and how small it is um like i said i i went to school and then i spent six months of like animating every day and and then like got my internship where i animated every day and then i went and animated every day and then i got jobs where i animated every day so there's a theme here yeah where it's a ton of hours like I think I made six films while I was in school just to get enough like mileage, so I knew how to move a puppet. And how, by the how t- long
0: were these films? I'm just curious.
1: Uh, between between a minute and five minutes. Okay. So, um, and like some of them were done so fast, so it's it's not even the quality of those films. Like, don't watch them if you don't have to. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> some of them are fun and some of them are like meh. But the idea is like just put in a lot of mileage you know and i think that's for every art form like you don't want to be the guy the the art student who talks about how good of an illustrator they are or an animator you want to be the one who is
0: doing it
1: and even if you can't quite show it yet like that mileage is
0: gonna gonna pay off yeah yeah. that makes sense well if you're animating every day you must be learning an insane amount of you must not even be realizing how much you're learning Absolutely. over a period of time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, and- I think that's great advice. Yeah. And stop motion is super niche. So if the animators in stop motion are animating every day, like catch up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know as much, like when you're on a big long project, people tend to just animate at work. Um, yeah. I still animate at night cause I'm, you know, like not every day, I'm not going to say I'm a masochist. Like, if I work all day, like, it's occasionally when I like it, you know. But I want to try new things still. There's still so much to learn and and to experiment with. And, yeah, Yeah. so just the other thing is, like, don't be frustrated by not being the same animator as someone else. Like, that's the point, is you're different, and that's why they're going to hire you. Yeah. But, like be the best one like don't don't sell yourself short by not actually working at it and saying well mine's you know janky animation because that's how i do it and it's like well, is it or is it because you didn't try to smooth it out and then you made a choice so i right. i think i didn't do that but hmm. there's shots that i don't do there's shots that people do that are amazing and i look at them and i'm like I would have done that so differently, but I love what they did. Right. Yeah. So, like, be be the animator you are. If you if you love to work with toys or objects, and you don't want it, it, like the idea of manipulating an entire puppet and you know controlling a human, basically, like just doesn't appeal to you, then that's okay. Like, there's. There's spots for that too. Um, I've got friends, you know, like uh, uh, Javen, you you talked about, or you talked about it. Javen's amazing, he's fantastic. Um, I think on the interview, he he even admitted, he says, I'm not a character animator, I'm an object animator. Now, he's fantastic at characters too, um, but he has a brain that's different and he loves doing things with no limbs, that are just objects um seeing people do stuff with paper and sand and clay and paint you know just like yeah just play animation that's that's my number one thing like if you get into a studio and then it's not what you it's because you were doing something that you don't love you're gonna hate it like it oh, doesn't yeah, yeah. What the paycheck is it's then just the job so like enjoy it and and try to love it as much as you can
0: yeah i'm glad you said that because sometimes i have a fear of because there's there's You know with social media you see so much online and you're like oh my gosh this person is amazing at like character animation or this person's amazing at like doing stuff in the physical environment and like i love watching that but it doesn't excite me the same way as doing this but do i need to know that as well so that people can see i'm diverse like it's uh it's it's intimidating sometimes
1: yeah i mean you know try everything if if you can like I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I just built myself a down shooter. So I'm going to do some more paper animation on a down shooter. Cause it's fun, you yeah. know, try it. If you like it, then keep doing it. If you don't. Yeah. So
0: yeah. nice. So is there, is there anything uh, else you'd like to share as we, uh, you know, wrap up our chat?
1: Man, this has been fun.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I just realized an hour has passed and I thought I was like maybe we are at 20 minutes. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, no, I think we've talked about just about everything. I guess yeah. I guess as far as like something that helped me a lot is for the students out there. Like, don't be afraid of reference um, in all art forms. Like use reference. Yeah. Now, don't, don't be a photocopier or like just rotoscope, unless that's the thing you love to do. You know, there's place for all of it. But like, learn from the reference, exaggerate it, pull back and underdo it. You know, try, try to do everything you can. Um, we've talked a lot about walks and about acting and stuff. And one of the things that I really have fun doing is um, is boiling a walk down to like, what are the key moments in there? You know, like, does that, does the hip go up or down or stay level? When and when does it do it? So does it do it in the passing pose or does it do it in the contact or does it do it in the swing through? You know, like there's infinite possibility to take one piece of reference and then turn it into something completely different um just case in point like look at the fleischer cartoons and then look at disney cartoons fleischers used rotoscope and used reference a lot and they made it look so much fun and weird and like and it's just like wow you know that cab calloway stuff they did where he's dancing around you're like what is going on like i can tell that it's rotoscopes but it's also something different and then look at you know um the princesses that they did you know snow white stuff like that where it's like that's also (laughs) rotoscoped you know they they didn't went and animated a bit on top of it but two completely results with like they could have used the same reference and got different things so as an animator take the reference and do something with it that that feels good to you and experiment, you know, if you don't like the first one, go back and do it again.
0: Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, um, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure to chat. I'm glad I got to pick your brain. And uh, congrats on, you know, your latest job. And I also can't wait to see your uh, personal short film.
1: <laughs> thanks. thanks so much. This has been so much fun. Really Thank enjoyed you. it. And, uh, yeah, thanks for letting me talk about my little journey and stuff.
0: <laughs> no, I, I love hearing that. That's, that's um, you know, when I was a young stop motion animator and there wasn't really the internet or social media, it was like such a lonely journey. And, like, I didn't know anybody and it was really tough to like figure out where to go next, so I just didn't. <laughs> so yeah. now that I'm getting back all into this, it's it's like fascinating for me to hear what people actually did to pursue something like stop motion or or any of the any of the uh, roles that I've had on this podcast. Yeah, uh, it's really yeah. inspiring. So thank
1: you. Yeah, one one last thing I'll throw <laughs> in there: if if you have uh, a wife or girlfriend or whatever partner. Make sure they understand what animation is and that you're going to like be really busy.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, when you were saying you just, like, go away and stay in a hotel for however long, I was like, oh, no. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, no. Cool. My wife, Erin Aaron, Aaron Taylor Illustrator, go look her up, follow her on Instagram because she's worth it in every way. But she's also insanely supportive. And my kids, too. So it's, it's a family effort, definitely. Nice.
0: Yeah, and we'll have to follow your kid once he uh, decides he's going to become an animator too. <laughs> cool. So if you're listening and you'd like to follow Adam's work and get in touch with him, you can check out his Instagram, which is Adam Taylor underscore animator, or his wife, which is Aaron Taylor, I'm assuming underscore illustrator. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye.